people of Earth, this is the episode you've been waiting for. The one with the missing Easter egg hidden third host, the one you've been suspecting was in the background the entire time, Michael Schultz. He's here. He's here. <laughs> Yay. When I originally pitched this show to Brian, based on his fancy schmancy blog with all the little hover videos, Michael was our, was our third host. We were going to have three. There, w- there would have been a holy triumvirate of hosts. And it only took a us... A hostly triumvirate. And it only took us 28 episodes to get him on the show. We are super excited to chat with Michael Schultz. He's a designer here in San Francisco. He works at Iodine, which is an awesome health startup making uh, medicine and... He's making medical information accessible to actual human beings. Really excited for this episode. We had a blast talking with Michael. Michael Bring- introduced Brian and I to each other. So really, you should be uh, hitting up Michael on Twitter and telling him uh, or saying thank you for making this show possible. He's the key. Of course, this episode is also possible thanks to our awesome, awesome, awesome sponsor, Icon Finder. There are Copen homies from Copenhagen. They have the best service to find icons on the web. They have over half a million icons. They put it right in the name. Icon you can find Finder. icons there. You go on iconfinder.com. You search for any icon you might ever need. They're going to bring you back so many amazing results of any icon type, style, direction, any file format. It's going to work with any software you're If you're looking with. for a specific style, they have the highest quality version of that style. They will beat you to it. It's not robots, but it feels like robots. So it's already an amazing service, but they also offer a service called Icon Finder Pro, which is a monthly subscription. It starts at like nine bucks a month. It's just, it's nothing. It makes sense for any designer to be part of this. And if you use the promo code ROBOT, tells them that we sent you there and it's going to save you 50% off your first month of your subscription. So check them out. The best thing about Icon Finder Pro is that 70% of of the subscription revenue goes back to the original artists. But really, Icon Finder is supporting the designers that make these amazing icons. Uh, 70% of these subscriptions go back to the original creators. So when you sign up, you're not just paying Icon Finder. Although they're an amazing service, you're also supporting the design community. So check them out, iconfinder.com, and use the promo code ROBOT to get 50% off your first month of Icon Finder Pro. And with that, let's get into episode 28. Can you believe we made it that far this fast? It's a lot of episodes. That's crazy. Here we go. Michael Schultz. So what are you working on right now? Uh, yeah, what am I working on? I'm working, uh, so I work at Iodine right now. Um, I moved to San Francisco uh, a little over a year and a half ago um, to, to work for two really awesome, talented people, um, Thomas Getz and Matt Mohabe. Um, they invited me out to, to talk with them right after I was kind of finishing up my last job, my last like adventure, I guess. I don't know. I kind of, I worked for a specialty pharmacy for a little while. I think, um, I think Brendan and I, we've talked about this offline, but <laughs> we've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. Offline. <laughs> this is like, yeah, there was, there was a period of time where Michael and I spent most waking hours together. It was it's pretty true. ridiculous. No, it's true. It's cool. Um, doing little side projects and stuff like that. I mean, you were one of the first people I kind of I kind of met yeah. when I moved here. No, I met you like ten days after I moved here. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so that was that was uh, that was pretty cool. We were both like super new to the area, and uh, I've I've always had a lot of uh, 
kind of virtual friends out here, you know, looking from far away from being back in Louisville, Kentucky and, and Dallas for a while. Uh, but once I moved here, it, it took a little while to like meet a couple of people. And yeah. you, were, you were one of those first people. That was, it was uh, a dribble meetup yeah. at Southern Pacific. Yeah. Do you ever get on dribble anymore? Uh, do I put anything on dribble? Not really. <laughs> Rin's very oh, contrarian. Me neither. I know it's a hot topic. So, um, Anyways, what, uh, what's iodine, yeah. uh, the product? Tell us about it. Sure. So, so iodine is a um, health information um, web and now um, iOS app. We just released our iOS app this week. Uh, it was just surprisingly easy to find it for a brand new app. Yeah. yeah. Search Top. iodine and it's Thanks. like the second result. Mine was yeah. the first when I searched it. Awesome. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, we we jumping up there. We've done all right in, in some of the search results already. Like uh we did a lot of research on what we should name the app, keywords, things like that. Um we actually got rejected uh the first time for our metadata specifically. It's tough with medical stuff, like we weren't sure kind of how it would work um in the Apple store. Like they have really specific expectations of what you can put and what you can't put and limitations. Um on advertising for for medication specifically. So we had to be kind of careful and tiptoe around that a little bit but i think we did a great job with the app um as a whole it's it's right now it's a um it's a web wrapper to our to our website um which uh which is nice because you kind of have one code base that runs everything um and although we don't want to just be a web wrapper on ios we want to be able to do uh more native have more native content and and do more native interactions but for right now it's a great first step and it was something that we knocked out in literally like three weeks and it was me and one other engineer and uh raj yeah raj uh that's 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 you got to be scrappy when you're a small startup like we are and we've only been around you know a little over a year and a half i joined i was the uh third hire so i mean you know we've okay so we've talked about the problems you're solving a lot but for people that are listening like what is the problem that iodine's solving yeah so like i said iodine's um health information uh site and we uh we're really trying to like simplify the medical information that's out there it's kind of our our first goal was to create a base of of all this drug information that was like simple easy to understand well defined um and we did a pretty good job at that we we finished that um i guess it's we didn't really finish it, but we've uh, you know, we're going to continue to build on that. But we finished like a really solid base of most of the drugs that are out there, and we definitely have all the popular ones. Um, back about six months ago, and then we did a big redesign to make that even clean, clean uh, cleaner, and more friendly. And uh, and since then, we're starting to like kind of break out into these other areas and Is that the most recent one on or certain conditions. Most recent redesign. Yeah, the most it's recent. Got, it has people on the homepage now. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's. We had to bring some key. avatars, some people. Yeah. You know, it's like people are key to this information, and we don't want to be like the WebMDs and the Drugs.com um, of the world. We want to. We want to be a little bit more friendly. Um, Incredibly we, friendly. Like yeah. everything you've shown me is taking really complicated things and medical jargon and making it easy for anyone to understand. Totally. It's um. It's like a really hard task to make things friendly and still um, still very like clinical in a way because we also want to be like true to the drug and true to how people feel about the drug. Um, you have to be like it's, it's been very like well, feeling totally. driven. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just like the dry medical data. It's how does this work for people, which is really cool. Yeah, I was playing with the allergy wizard today because oh, nice. I've been having lots of allergy symptoms lately, and I like. <laughs> Dougan is like, oh, I'm probably taking the wrong thing because other people <laughs> don't like that very much. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, you do the. It's, it's pretty cool. You do the uh, other you, people can rate the drugs. Yeah. So we have uh, we have ratings on our drugs and reviews. Uh, so people get to rate the drugs. Um, two different facets. They can tell you um, how how well the drug is worth it, like if they think the drug is worth it or not, and how much of a hassle it is. And those together um, kind of kind of give this like really cool rating and we and we have some data visualization on the site to to show what that looks like uh but it gives you like a really clear picture of what people think about the drug right away as soon as you hit the the drug page um and through that we're finding that we can do other things um outside of just like the drug page um we're trying to aggregate that data in different ways and and play around with like different visualizations and uh and then now we're trying to um we, we, we just started all these condition pages where we don't just have drug pages anymore, but now we have conditions. So you can look up depression or ADHD. Oh, wow, nice. And we have all of the drugs listed there, all of the alternative uh, treatments, and you can kind of like see them all at a glance rather than seeing one individually. I've been really curious if you guys are looking at the health kit stuff that Apple's working on, like what yeah. your approach is to that kind of information and technology. Yeah, it's. Um, I think health kit's going to be so like inevitably we're going to do something with it. Um, <clears throat> right now we're really focusing on how we can get more of these ratings and reviews from people. We've made it really, really simple on the site, but now that we, we have an app out there, we want to, uh, we'd love to be able to collect that information via the mobile. I mean, our mobile traffic is like going through the roof. Like every day we have more users on mobile Good and, uh, and so we're really going to start like paying attention, more attention to that. I mean, it's it's kind of funny like there's so many companies and and as designers we always try to think about mobile first because we know how important that is but with iodine it's it's been really interesting we we know mobile is important and people are definitely looking up medical information on mobile but for the type of user that we thought we would get right away that would like come back time and time again uh desktop really made a lot of sense when you're researching something like over and over again or you really want to like dive deep on it like you're going to look at you're going to look up some medical information or you're going to look up some information on the internet for like an hour or two you're probably not going to do that on your phone you're most likely going to do it on the web like you're going to sit down at your computer and like look up some information you're going to do some serious work you know it's just like when we design it's like we don't design our phones we for the most part we sit down and and break out the laptop or imac and you know do some design although they are making it's changing. It's design changing apps for sure. To design apps on your phone. I'd really like Sketch for my watch. That'd be really great. Oh, Sketch. That, gee, that'd be nice. That'd be Do so every easy single to use. Thing. How long would yeah. that take mm-hmm. to just bring a glance over? Scroll down for the palette, scroll back up to do something. <laughs> use the digital crown to resize. Yeah. Exactly. Just zoom it. No problem. Zoom. Pixel fitting will be so easy. <laughs> Truth. No. Uh, so, one of the big questions that was popping up is yeah. you're in a medical field yeah do you have a background there do you have a right a story so so the story which we we got into a little bit earlier is that um i worked for a uh, specialty pharmacy for uh, a number of years and we dealt specifically with uh patients who have uh, hemophilia which is a bleeding disorder uh it's actually a bleeding disorder that i have as well it's a very rare bleeding disorder um and uh it's it's basically in males and uh there's only uh very few um and i early on i i um, you know i've always been connected to this community it was a disorder that i was i was born with basically my my blood just doesn't clot very well and i have to take medication because of that uh on a regular basis um 
and uh, it's kind of a hassle. It's intravenous. You know, I have to like give myself an infusion. Uh, it takes a little bit of time and the medication is super expensive. So with all of that, you know, kind of being my history, I've, I've, uh, I've always been like closely tied to the medical industry, even if I didn't want to be, <laughs> you know, I was kind of born into it, you could say. And uh, I, I, it wasn't always something I thought I wanted to get into. I think a lot of people maybe, you know, have disorders or, or diseases or their, their close relatives, their father or mother probably have something when they're younger and they decide they want to be a doctor. And I never really had that calling. It was just nothing that like ever interested me. But, um, but it, when it, when it came time to like finish up school and I was kind of like, what am I going to do? I like this web stuff that I've been doing for a long time on my own, but uh, I have a communication degree. Like I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure like what I want to get into. I'll probably just freelance for a while. You know, I was able to do that through college and make some side money. And I figured, oh, I'll just keep doing this. And um, I met, I met some, uh, a couple of guys who had hemophilia and worked for a specialty pharmacy. And uh, they called on me to do some marketing work for them. And uh, through that, I ended up kind of taking a full-time position with them right after school, right after college, and um, kind of kind of fell in love with like the com- like I was never really close to the hemophilia community. Like all these people that have like chronic disorders, there's usually a community around it. Some are much larger than others. Um, you have these different cancer um, communities, and you have. Um, you have all kinds of uh, diabetes communities and MS and um, uh, HIV and things like this. And and so uh, the hemophilia community is much, much smaller, but it was cool. I was finally getting to meet other guys like me who had hemophilia that I had never, never met before and like never knew existed. And, uh, you know, when you grow up with like something really rare like this, um, you don't grow up with a lot of people around you that have it. Um, there weren't people I went to school with that had hemophilia. You know, there weren't people I could talk to on a daily basis uh, or on a weekly basis that, um, you know, had this disorder. And so kind of through that, I was able to meet a lot of guys and, uh, was also to kind of, I was able to use my passion for technology to, to help that community. So I, while I was there, I, uh, thought about this really cool, um, I still think it's really cool, this app that I wanted to build. And so I ended up designing it and we paid some people to um, to help us build it. Uh, actually, it's my now roommate, Jesse Squires, which Who is, like is awesome. extremely talented in himself. Yeah, yeah, we went to high school together and I ended up like contacting him and said, hey, would you want to do this? Like I could give you some money. He was still in school at the time, so I figured he'd probably be up for it. And uh, he did a killer job with it. And, uh, and uh, it really took off in the community. So what it was is uh, this app called Hemoglobe. And you could uh, find other hemophiliacs through this through this app. So it was like, uh, I mean, there's lots of these apps out there that are like kind of group apps, right? Like, I mean, Facebook has like groups and there's all these like communities online now. Um, but there was nothing specific for hemophiliacs. And uh, I wanted to make something that was like really personal for them. Although the app is could be easily generalizable. Like it could be easily, like you could generalize it and make it, you know, the very first screen you have to tap your condition and then boom, the app only shows you that people with that condition. But uh, we kind of made the decision to say, no, this is like for this specific group of people. And so we're going to call it hemoglobe and it's going to have like, uh, you know, it's got like kind of like a blood drop icon upside down for a pin, but it's also like a blood drop because that's kind of like the, 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 all-encompassing logo for hemophiliacs and a lot of other disorders actually it's very confusing when you get into that space <laughs> don't work for like one of these companies because it's like oh you have to make a logo and it's like okay a blood drop like leukemia's <laughs> blood drop and like different cancer like yeah. it's just it's crazy 
Uh, but but we we <laughs> had a lot of fun using with blood. It. What the hell, man? It's a brand <laughs> Any of issue. the blood dis- bleeding disorders, blood disorders, like it's all everybody's just like a red blood drop. That's what we need. That's what it is. Um, so we kind of did the same thing. <laughs> um, but it has a globe in the background because it's hemoglobe, right? So, <laughs> um, but it was great. It was uh, it was a fun project to work on, and uh, I was able to meet a lot of people through that app. It basically allows you to just communicate with other hemophiliacs and see where they're located kind of around the globe. So it gives you a map view and a uh, distance from you. So up to 30 miles, it'll kind of show you like if somebody's within 30 miles, it'll tell you how many miles away they are. Um, and you can instantly like chat with them. Or uh, if they're past 30 miles, it just tells you like what city they're in. So we wanted to make sure like privacy and everything. We didn't want to tell you exactly where they were. It's not find my friends, but at least it tells you like, hey, maybe there's somebody that lives like in my city. You know, maybe there's somebody that lives in the city right down the road from me. Yeah, and, I'm uh, curious. Did you get like feedback from people and stories yeah, totally. of people meeting up and chatting and all that? Well, it was really cool. I think I think probably one of the best stories was uh, uh, at one of the national conventions that we have um, here in the states. Um, I think this is like in 2013. Um, there was a there was a guy there who does a lot of work abroad. Um, a lot of the medication that we use here in the states, and this is kind of like across a lot of different disorders. It's not just hemophilia, but for the really expensive medications, cancer medications, leukemia, um, things like hemophilia, specialty drugs like this, um, they always have an expiration date. And when that expiration date expires, we send it overseas or we trash it. And a lot of that stuff is being trashed all the time. And so there's there's these um, organizations, these non-for-profits that actually take the medication. You can donate it to them once it expires and we don't want to use it anymore. And we'll send it overseas and other people can use it. Um, because yes. these expiration dates, like they're, they're really, it's just a number, right? And it's always like all these drugs, it's just like food. Like it can usually go past the expiration date. It's not going to hurt you, right? Uh, until it like, you can kind of like food, you can see mold on it. You, there's things like that. With these drugs, you can't really tell. So once you get past the expiration date, you're kind of like, all right, I'm not going to use this anymore. You have to kind of make that decision yourself. But um, I mean, it's extremely expensive. doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, exactly. Like prohibitively expensive. Exactly, yeah. I mean, these are the pharma companies like protecting themselves. They have to put a number on there, but we've kind of, through research and things like that, we know the medicine's not really bad yet, um, and so we send it overseas. So take with that what you will, but it's it's either a good cause or it's like, I can't believe they're doing this, like sending expired medication across, overseas. But um, these people need it so bad, especially with hemophilia. It's... Uh, it's uh you know it can be a really devastating disorder or it can be something that you can really manage and i was lucky enough to grow up with parents that could afford medication and were you know strict about making me go see the doctor regularly and things like that so uh luckily i've like lived a pretty normal life but for a lot of other people especially if they don't have access to medication it's uh it can be pretty devastating have you found yourself involved with like the design community in the medical world or is that still sort of something separate or no what's yeah that absolutely like? the um i i i guess i i kind of started with it um before before i did hemoglobe i uh i worked on a um i made an app previous to that called hemolog um which was another app for hemophiliacs it's I don't bring it up a whole lot anymore. It's something that it's actually still in the store, but I need to take it off. It's, it's just like 
pretty much unusable at this point. It's gone, you know, we've gone through so many iOS iterations and it hasn't been updated once. So it's like, it, it actually iOS still works. Plus. You can still run it, but yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty bad. Um, it was something that I did while I was in college and, uh, it was a way to just log your infusion. So just log when I was taking my medication. Uh, it's something all of the doctors and nurses ask you to do. Um, it helps them keep a log of like how you're doing. And it's something we talk about a lot now, especially with research kit, like you just asked about, um, you know, we're asking people to like log information for us or fill out a quick survey to give us information on like their experience on a medication. Um, so I kind of did this for myself. Like I, this is one of those things, like one of those classic projects where you like you build it for yourself and maybe other people will be interested in it too. And for this one, I knew you know, I was like, this was, this was on iPhone, like 3G, I think is maybe when I started to develop this. And, uh, I remember seeing it and it looked very like iOS four, maybe iOS yeah, five. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I show people now and I'm like, but it, it looked good when it was iOS <laughs> four, you know, but yeah, it was very super native looking. And, uh, it was, it was actually the first, um, first app to, to, uh, for hemophiliacs to like log their, their infusions. Um, like I said, it's not a lot of people, but there's a lot of big pharma in this, like Pfizer and Baxter, these really big uh, pharmaceutical companies that uh, create drugs for hemophilia. And so I kind of thought one of them would probably, you know, with their unlimited funds would make an app like this. And they hadn't yet. So I was like, I'm sick of writing all this down on pencil and paper. I'm going to make an app so I can just log it really quickly on my phone. And maybe get some like insights from that, right? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe get some insights, maybe like, you know, show, show the person how many bleeds they're having a month, how many, you know, how many infusions they're That's taking a year. That's the term for it where right? like it won't clot. Exactly. Like when your blood doesn't clot, when I have a, uh, when my blood doesn't clot in my, in my elbow, for instance, it's, we call it a bleed, you know, it's, it's bleeding. It's a bleed. Um, but I just take my factor and I'm good to go. Um, but I want to log that information, right? I want to be able to tell my doctor, hey, I had you know three bleeds in my left elbow this month because that can kind of tell them like, well, maybe that's a target area for you. Maybe, maybe what do you, what is, it, what is it you're doing while you're having, you know, when you, when you're getting these bleeds, are you, is it spontaneous or are you like doing some type of exercise, playing tennis or something like that where you're using your arm a lot? Uh, uh, when you have a, a chronic disorder, you don't, you tend not to think about it a lot. You kind of try not to think about it. And so it's really fuzzy when you get to the doctor's office, like any of us, I think, uh, when the doctor asks you like, how you been feeling? And you're like, oh, pretty good. Oh, but I'm having this problem, this problem, this problem, right? So it's <laughs> when they ask it, you. Not good at all. It's right, here. right, right. How many bleeds have you had? I'm like, oh, like two or three. And they're like, well, you know, checking your logs, you've had like seven or eight actually. <laughs> um, and so, so it's really important to like kind of log this information. And the, uh, the, the, the app I, I built early on was kind of like trying to solve this problem afterwards, you know, I was saying pharma wasn't getting involved, but after Hemolog was on the market, Pfizer, Baxter, Bayer, they all made one Oh no! <laughs> and it was so funny because, uh, I mean, it, it's great. Like, I, I'm glad like it inspired them to like move forward. I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the first one to think about it. I'm sure they, but nobody had done it yet. And, and so they kind of like, you know, we're sitting on their loyals and, and just waiting for somebody else to do it, I guess. But once it was out there, it was funny to see all of them create very, very similar apps and not really like enhance the, the user experience in any way. And, uh, what I found through it is even myself, you know, I designed the app, I built the app and I stopped using it after like two months. And that was like really, really interesting to me. Right. Because, I knew how important it was. I knew I, I was, I thought it was so important that I wanted to 
take time to like design and build an app for it. And I stopped using it like pretty much right away. On that exact note. Yeah. You and I built a thing together. It's called privatize. <laughs> this is this. I want to go into this because this is actually how we met Brian. Yeah, it's true. Was showing this to Mark Otto at GitHub. That's true. Do you want me to talk about it? You, want to talk about <laughs> you can go for that it. That was really suspenseful. <laughs> we built this thing together. That that's when we ended up spending like all of our time together. Yeah, like every single day. Yeah, privatize. Um, My wife sure. got jealous for a minute. No, let's let's switch gears. Let's switch gears. <laughs> Medical stuff's boring. I understand. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have more questions, but well, we can we can we can hop back we'll in. Get back. We can hop back in. <laughs> let's uh, let's take this path for a little well, while. Building for yourself. <laughs> yeah. And stopping using something almost immediately. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, it's true because you you only hear the stories, or I f- I feel like I only hear the stories, the success stories of like yeah. somebody says, "Oh, I just built this for myself, man. It was just for myself," and then it, it blows up to be you now know, it's, it's a billion dollars. Yeah, it's like Snapchat or something. I don't know. It's like oh, I just built this for me and my buddies, and you know, it was great. It blew up, and it's like. <laughs> That's, that's cool. Accent. Yeah. That, did that Every, come out? I don't know. Everyone that's ever said that lives in California. <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Um, yeah. I don't think that's the case though. I mean, I hope it's not the case. I hope other people are building things that like utterly fail and they, and they just move on. Like I, I hope they waste I, their time. No, and but really it's, fuck up. but it's, I, I want to hear, I guess I want to hear about those stories more. Yeah. Those are like the, I, to me, those are, maybe even more interesting than the, yeah. than the success stories. I feel like, like most people have them. It's just, yeah, it's not something you, you talk about. It's not something that you're going to write about on your site. And like, if you do write about it, it's sort of like, unless there's a very clear lesson about what you can learn, it's kind of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I built this and it didn't really work. I don't, yeah. I've moved on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I love hearing just what problems people are trying to solve and why it didn't work out. Right. So. Right. Um, so, so privatizes um, was an idea that Brennan and I had a while back. We, I mean, it was shortly after we, shortly after we met. Bryn saying it was my idea. Um, it, it was something that we, we just thought would be cool to work on. Though it was, you know, it was a kind of a a, a, a a seed of an idea that I brought to Bryn and said, "Hey, you know, what do you what do you think about this?" I think you were the first person I kind of like discussed it with because it was something I had like right before we had. I don't know, met up for dinner or something like that. And I was just wanted to talk to you about it. So privatize is this idea of, uh, I was having a lot of trouble with, uh, communicating with, uh, different people online, like acquaintances online, people that I didn't know personally, but we all have these like connections online, especially me, like being from, you know, Louisville, Kentucky. I had (laughs) all these friends from like California and just uh, all over the world, like designers and developers that I was, you know, had been following for years. And with, with a lot of them, I didn't have their personal information. Like literally all I have was their Twitter account. And we, and, and uh, some of us were like pretty close on just using Twitter. And so uh, from time to time, I found myself like wanting to be able to send them something privately. Uh, so just like basically just wanting to send them a link, right? And unfortunately, it was really difficult to do that for a while because Twitter disabled uh, private messages. You couldn't Twitter. send links in DMs either. I'm sorry, links in private messages. Yeah, yeah not private messages. Sorry. Um, they just disabled them. They were having a huge spam problem uh, a couple of years ago. And so they just disabled links in DMs altogether. They had a couple of uh, you, uh, domains that were whitelisted. But other than that, you know, they were pretty much shut down. And 
I didn't want to have to like create a short URL, like a special go to one of this whitelisted, you know, um, sites Services, and like yeah. create a, create a short URL to just to like send a link really quickly. And so, uh, I was trying to think like, man, there's gotta be like a way to do this or, you know, how can I create a service where we can connect outside of Twitter or what it like, that seems really complicated. How could we just do something within Twitter? And so, uh, kind of started brainstorming some ideas and it made it, 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 one of the ideas that came to mind is like, well, couldn't there be like this, this, I was really interested in short URLs at the, at the time, because so many people were using them for so many different things, not just a shorten URL, but they were to shorten your URL, but to do like special things with them, like to take you to one place and then another place. Um, and so the idea kind of cropped up, well, what if we like had this, this cool URL service that you could like, uh, throw a link into, it would generate a URL for you, but it could also do some things when somebody actually hit that short URL, uh, like check to see if they were following you or, uh, check to see if they were actually mentioned in the tweet. So you could actually send a, a public tweet where everybody could see it, everybody could click on it. Uh, but then once they validated, uh, through their Twitter account on the service, uh, the the service would say you know hey this link isn't for you you weren't mentioned in that tweet you can't open it you get a 404 page or something something so you're redirected somewhere else uh uh or you get through you know and uh so we built privatize together and uh sam sophis is the one who like convinced us to actually that's go right. build we it we talked to sam about it that's that right the, no, i forgot that was the first that. time i met at sam Paragon, yeah. right or uh, uh the first time was at uh, uh monk's kettle monk's kettle that's right yeah okay, and then cool. we showed it to him at paragon for the first that's right time. that's yeah. right because we just went he was like you all should build this we left and like a month later <laughs> met up with him again and said here it is what do you think <laughs> yeah it was really cool uh in, in his sam way he was like awesome <laughs> very, very dry we were like are you gonna cool. use this or so we it's something. impossible to read sam's expression for those of you who don't know like he'll just be like amazing huh <laughs> and he he means something is funny but it's yeah. It's impossible to read him. Yeah, I remember talking to Sam about it. He was having problems at the time, I think, with like app distribution when he's working on betas and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so that was another idea. We're like, whoa, what if you could send this out to like Give a beta bunch of invites. people on Twitter? Yeah, send beta links, invites. Links to, your to an app. actual beta link, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and only sending those mockups. I mean, it's 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 incredible, right? When you think about it, we 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 always have this. Everybody has like this FOMO, this fear of missing out, and this was a way to kind of also do that on Twitter where you can have this, uh, this link that everybody can see, but only certain people can click on and, yep. and actually see the final result. Right. So we, why did you guys decide to stop working on it? Nobody was using it. <laughs> so it was really cool the way it launched. Uh, we, we put it on um, product hunt and it kind of took off at first. Yeah. Because it got a lot of traffic the first day. It got like 30,000 views or whatever. And then the next web covered it and Someone else. I can't remember who else. Uh, Life Hacker. Uh, Life Hacker. Yeah. Put it up. Which yeah. was pretty cool. It was the first we, thing we, were we, like, holy we had shit. on like Life Hacker. And it was crazy. Web. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. No, it's, it was funny. Um, so we were but working you, on you guys, it. You, we had, you were trying okay, to we had other it. people working on it too. Yeah, we did. It wasn't just us. Uh, yeah, that's true. Chris Kedmanek built the actual technology for yep. it because both of us were like, well, we'll try. <laughs> we don't know how to use Node. So... I got as far as building like an HTML page yeah. that had you, uh, you did like the first big sprint. boxes <laughs> <laughs> and, and got it like started. And then Chris built the logic in like 30 seconds. <laughs> He's like, this is super easy. You guys come on. <laughs> well, it was really surprising to me that nobody had done it before. Hmm. Um, the, the Twitter API like seemed really accessible for this type mm -hmm. of thing. Like it was just a couple of their API calls. That oh yeah. It was to, great for that it. We had to use to say, Hey, when somebody hits this link, um, 
go look at the link. Who's mentioned in that link? Great. Return those results. And if they're not included in those results, they can't see the link. I mean, it was really, really simple, but also like pretty secure. I mean, unless somebody has your Twitter information, which they could get, right? But um, unless somebody has your Twitter information, like you're good to go. You're the only person that can see this link, which is pretty interesting. Then you shut it down. Well, we we tried to do a lot with it at first. So uh, my roommate and another engineer uh, helped us turn it into an ad platform. Because we were like, okay, so what if people can send their receipts through Twitter? Like, what if companies can send you your tweet and then it's like stored for you in a list? And like, because there's a list API, so it could be like automatically organized and you can't lose it. And uh, it also has some kind of like advertising potential where you could be like, oh, I'll retweet this ad and get a big discount because now I can have a personalized link that will only work for me and you can do cool stuff with it. And we're like, well, Twitter's doing a terrible job like monetizing their stuff which especially now we're like yeah "Yeah, they're really sucking it up um (laughs) we're like hey we can't buy twitter let's just make an ad platform out of it that'd be amazing like we all love twitter right we went and talked to target we went and talked to some other bigger companies then they went on their holiday freeze and then twitter and facebook changed their terms of service and we couldn't do it (laughs) we had to shut it down like you can't run like separate advertising platforms on twitter yeah it makes sense right like they're doing their own ad stuff they don't want competitors especially third parties so uh it was uh it was a good run though right i mean it was was fun i'm glad you made it because it's how we met right it's true and we all met kind of kind of Kind of during that phase. For yeah, a no, it was like right phase. when we first built Privatize. Yeah. And I think the first time we showed it, the first time he saw it, uh, Mark Otto tried using it mm-hmm. and tweeted by mistake as our engineer. And failed. <laughs> <laughs> because like it auto-logged him in as Chris. It was uh, just hilarious. Yeah. It was like totally the, the most broken so it could possibly be. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I actually remember that day really vividly. People ask people ask us all the time, like how did Brendan and I meet them? Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. Because now we've been married for like a year or so. <laughs> yeah, we, we know each other. We're getting to know each other. <laughs> I was going to say we know each other really well, but we're getting there. So we know each other pretty well. All right. We disagree a lot. Brent we thinks disagree you're, a lot. You, the, Brent thinks you're married and you think you're getting to know each other. So that really tells me that. <laughs> we're, we're, oh, sure, we're married. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a separate thing. we're still thing. getting to know each other. <laughs> Fair um. enough. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we, uh, Met when we went to show Mark Otto and Mark took us all in the same tour group. Yeah. With your uh, with your pal yeah. Matt Leonard. What's up, Matt? Yeah, that's right. It was uh it was fun times. That's crazy. Yeah, that, was fun times. that was when I was brand new to SF and Yeah. That was actually about a year ago, guys. That was That's insane. Uh, like 11- we've known each other basically as long as we've all been here. We gotta call Mark up and go back to GitHub. <laughs> hang out. <laughs> For old times. For old times. <laughs> What's up with the Periscope, folks? A lot of people are asking about promoting your app and how, how to get people to use your app. And the answer is <gasps> build something that people actually want. <laughs> well, we can talk about it. There's we can talk about that it, right? for, sure. for sure. No, no, no. There's only one answer. I said it. We're done. <laughs> Just kidding. And the answer is still Product Hunt. Is <laughs> pretty much the best way to do it right now. It's, it's funny. Like I always give Product Hunt shit because anytime I go on there, it's like, there's maybe one thing of quality and then the rest is shit. Like I'm really disappointed every time I go on there because it feels like a waste of time. I'd love to talk about product hunt. Actually, I have some like stronger. You're the one who got me. Price. You're the one who really got me on product hunt. Actually, I have serious opinions. <laughs> All right, nothing against the people working at product hunt. No, I love. Cool. They're cool dudes. You're 
and people. This sounds like a totally different opinion than I usually hear from you. Okay, let's hear it. Um, so yeah, product hunts like really interesting. It was uh, I was a really big fan early on. You Um, were. You wouldn't shut up about it. Oh my god. That's not. That's not entirely true. That's entirely true. But mostly (laughs) true. Um. Yeah, well, it was, uh, I've always been a big fan of like what other people are putting out. And so it was mm-hmm. a really awesome way to f- find out what's going on. It was like one place you could go to and finally see like all the startups, all the apps that are coming out. And um, that was really cool for a while. And I was using a lot of those <laughs> apps and like, or at least downloading them and checking them out. And it's still, I mean, it's still a great place. Like it's still my Google Chrome extension, which is like the best thing that they've ever done. It's way better than the website in, in my opinion, because you have a visual of, of uh, they just take a snapshot of the website or whatever, or the app or, yeah. uh, well, I guess, yeah, it's just the website, but, uh, and, and throw it on your, your Chrome new tab screen, which is like super helpful. It's a product hunt uh, pro tip. Um, but <laughs> Hashtag after, pro tip. Product hunt. maybe this is my fault actually, because like, I don't have, actually, maybe it's the, maybe it's the extensions fault because I don't have to visit product hunt anymore. It's just on my new tab screen. Anytime I create a new, so tab I actually use Chrome, Panda and it's kind of the same thing. Same it'll deal. like list off the names and it'll generally like yeah. give me a good enough estimation that I can be like, eh, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm seeing those like product hunt products all the time. Scroll through like, on my desktop and uh i don't know it makes me feel kind of weird like what do you like there's so many of these products so many like apps specifically mm-hmm. um actually I, I guess i shouldn't say that I'll, they have a lot of like web apps on there um and a, and a lot of people are making a lot of like really cool unique bespoke web apps too mm-hmm. but uh let's just say these apps in general are, are coming through like i'm seeing 20 a day let's say who's who's using that? how could how could people use all of these there's so many of them it's they insane they and they're so unique and so specific the thing that scares me is that the life cycle of each of those is just literally coming down to the magnitude of days right it's like, like months weeks days and that, hours, hours? <laughs> I, like seriously i can't imagine people using these some of these things for a, for an extended period of time it has and to be it, an incredibly valuable thing but most of those are like full-on companies right yeah exactly but maybe that's not the point i don't know like so many of the things on there are just tiny little apps that someone just had fun scratching their own itch and they just and that's awesome yeah yeah yeah, that's awesome i i i'm all for that you know if i i know if i had something that i was building right now like i would throw it up on that that'd be like the first place i would go like so i like to think that there's usually one or two really good things a day Mm -hmm. and then everything else is mostly crap yeah. So like yesterday, I think it was uh, redacted. Sam Sofis' new project mm-hmm. that someone asked about, um, which the big story is it made like number eight top paid or whatever, but it only made 300 bucks, which part of that is that a lot of people don't realize that it was condensed into a small amount of time. Other apps probably made more money yesterday. Mm-hmm. His just made a, a large amount in a small amount of time. Like he, there was nowhere near the top grossing for the day or anything like right. that. Um, but yeah, so... There's good products. There's bad products. Mm-hmm. Privatize mm-hmm. when it launched. I think it got up to thirty. It looks like it's down to twenty-seven upvotes now. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's like my one like bad product. It made it up to like number three or four. Sure. And it got some usage, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah. And then design details made it up to number two for the day and like two for the week or whatever, like some mm-hmm. huge amount. And it's got like two hundred ninety-six. Yeah. Which comparatively is a big difference mm-hmm. 
So I feel like I've made one of the good ones and one of the like ones that just didn't connect with people. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I well, I mean, you guys have made something though that people like my want on a continual basis, you know, they want on a continual basis. I would say product hunt helped design details get launched. I think people saw it on there. Yeah, that were designer interested. news did not care at all. Right, right. I think there <laughs> were people there that cared about design and technology, and they're like, "Oh, a new podcast, cool, right. I'll subscribe." And that that like got us a base. Um, yep. I've worked on a couple buffer things that have been like number one on on product hunt a couple times, and every single time, not to toot my own horn or anything, not but to toot <laughs> my own horn, but I kind of get it. I, what, what? I kind of understand this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the the point is that like I see the power of being in the top three, right? Right. Yeah. It's tens of thousands of people it's coming the, to your site in a the, couple of hours. It's the dig effect, right? Right. It's the dig effect. It's and the so Reddit effect. Like, that's yeah. everyone wants that. And like, if sure. you can get it, then maybe there is a chance that let's say even ten percent of those people stick around. Mm-hmm. You've got like a thousand fans. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. I'm not like, I, I, I think it's like the product product hunt is like totally worth it. I mean, there's, there's things I wouldn't know about unless they were on product hunt. Um, it is an awesome way to like get boosted, but it, it also like, I don't know. It makes me like sad. <laughs> like what if I make something little, like and it gets it's, 10 of votes. Yeah. It's like, well, wait, I mean, there's just so many things and like, it's a way to get a lot of attention There's, really quickly, and it's basically like rapid user testing. If it's true, it's true. I if mean, it sucks that one day, though, then you're just done. Then you're basically. done, right? Like how? I mean, there's other methods, obviously, but a lot of us like we don't have ad budgets. We're like yeah, individual exactly. people, yep. or 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 you know, um, like two two or three people like making making something, and uh, this is awesome because uh, this is great because it's it's free advertising, right? It's what it is. It's like an ad platform. Well, so what we were getting, uh, the question was like, how do you promote your apps in the first place? So you were launching your own uh, hemophiliac uh, style or targeted apps before Product Hunt. So how did you get the word out about those? Those are super targeted. Well, being super targeted though is like really, really helpful. (laughs) When you go after everybody, it's like, where do you even start, right? But when you're going after a really niche audience, um, it makes it so much easier. There's like, for the most part, there's already like avenues in place to advertise things. Like somebody's done it before. You just got to figure out what those avenues are. Um, with, with, you know, a couple of the apps that I did for hemophilia and spe- um, specifically, y- you know, there's like two uh, yearly conferences that are like uh, national conferences. And so it's like, you just go to those and you advertise at those and you're done. Like everybody, now everybody knows about it. You've got it. the it's entire pretty, national market. That's it. <laughs> that's like everybody <laughs> in the US is going to know about it. Um, and there's also like simple things like f- like Facebook uh, advertising and now like Twitter advertising yep. uh, is really easy because you can just target people directly um, because you know who your audience is. It's when you don't know, when you don't like have a well-defined audience, I think is when you kind of run into problems when you just shotgun it and yeah or you have a really niche audience that isn't well defined in the ecosystem already yeah so then my question for you is with iodine yeah that's a big audience like anyone that needs to know about medicine and drugs and conditions now yeah which I don't usually consider myself as, but when I saw the allergy wizard, like right off the bat, I was like, I'm going to try this right now. Wait, and I, I was like, allergy? shit, I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. how, do you, how do you go about uh, getting the word out about iodine? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, well, you guys got featured in like Time Magazine, right? So we're, we're super lucky to, uh, to have 
like the connections that we have through uh, one of our co-founders, Thomas Getz, who who was the executive editor at Wired Magazine uh, for quite a while. And uh, pro tip, <laughs> just get a, a co-founder no, who uh, is uh, no editors at magazines. Editor. No yeah. editors of magazines that that cover tech. <laughs> it's really important. Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, it's been amazing to be able to work with him and 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 for him and. Uh, you know, he knows everybody in the tech industry and everybody in the journalism community. So it's been, um, we still have our hurdles, but he just knows him and, and Matt both know so many people, both in the tech industry, the journalism community and the health community. Uh, you know, when I joined, they already had ties to the FDA, uh, who, uh, we actually do contracting work for as well. Um, and those ties have allowed us to, um, you know, when people come to our site and see like, oh, hey, some of this information is like from the FDA or it's approved by the FDA, um, the FDA like tweet, uh, you know, open FDA, which is something that we help them develop. Uh, they tweet about us, things like that. Like our, our information feels more, um, feels like it's been approved. And uh, what you were saying uh, an awesome word earlier, you were using like authoritative in a way. Yeah. Um, and it's got a stamp of approval. It's got a stamp of approval. It's got a stamp of approval. Which is uh, which is great when it comes to like medical information, something like you know, like you need to trust, right? Um, so their connections have really allowed us to market in a way that I think a lot of like early startups don't have the ability to do, um, just through our connections. But we still struggle with it, like day in and day out. Um, we just hired um, uh, a new marketing person, and we are. Like wait, wait, putting wait. our nose to the grindstone. This, this, oh yeah, shoot, this is my homie. This is another connection of uh through through Bren. <laughs> Katie Mui. Katie Mui. Yeah, we just uh we we grabbed uh, one of Bren's old coworkers. Um, she's been super helpful already. She she just started like a week and a half ago, so it's been yeah. like really early, but she's already helped out a ton. You know, we haven't had any like marketing people in house, and now that we we have kind of like our base that we were talking about earlier, these base of drug pages and this base of uh, condition pages that people can kind of come to and find out about their drug or their condition, uh, share their experience with other people and learn from other people. Uh, It's kind of time that we like start marketing this thing like hard. Seriously. People just don't know about it yet. And and the only way we're going to get more reviews and uh, just allow people to find out about it is, is through marketing. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like when people think about, um, self-use medical like web apps i think like webmd mm-hmm. which yeah. is not fun to use it's not like super useful it's got this bad reputation for like causing problems with doctors and things like yeah, that sure sure but the way I, I really like it described was uh like time magazine i think called it the yelp for medicine yeah which is a really cool way to put it yeah it actually has more data and it's more like i think useful data yeah but it's yeah i love that app there's yeah. definitely a lot of people that are excited about what we're doing at iodine. And it's, it's the problem now is when you, the, you know, when you go to Google as everybody does and search for your, your condition or your drug or the symptoms or side effects that you're having, uh, these places like WebMD and drugs.com have like all this SEO juice that they've been creating for years. Right. Um, and so we're trying to kind of break into that market. Uh, and one of the things we're doing, like to talk about kind of how you advertise your app or how you market your app is 
we're saying, well, where are the gaps that they're, what are they missing? You know, what are these places, especially with SEO, where are they missing people that are looking for like more specific things like side effects of Xanax um, or a specific side effects of Xanax or of Zoloft or uh, one of the ADHD meds or, um, you know, more specialty meds like factors and different things like that. Uh, and we're trying to like grab those people and bring them to iodine right away. Uh, hope they have a good experience and then share us or, uh, you know, just help us with SEO juice if they come and stay on the site for, for a while. So the marketing side's interesting, mm-hmm. but I'm curious how you approach this whole problem of medical information and like tons of data and stuff from the design side. Like, yeah, sure. what are you made it very friendly and approachable. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. How did you even go about that? What's the current struggle? Like, how are you man, figuring all this out? Such a struggle. It's, um, data's hard. <laughs> data's hard to, to, um, that's a good way to put this. It's it's funny, right? Because data can be really honest if you show it in the right way. But anytime you try to visualize data, uh, there's almost always like some type of bias towards it. There's and always so, a way you can make it misleading very easily. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I think data on its own, you know, just giving people like raw data and saying, here, interpret this. Like, <laughs> they're going to come up with their own interpretation, first of all. But it's like, that's that's it's kind of dangerous. the most, it's the most honest thing you can do though. It's just like, here's the data, you do it, right? But as soon as you take like one step to say, hey, we're going to visualize this for you. We're going to simplify this for you. We're going to like show you the top level. As soon as you like decide to do that, um, you're going to, you're you're tempted to like introduce bias, and maybe not even it's not a, always a conscious bias either it's, not it's just a, it's not a conscious bias yeah there's so many little mathematical niggles with like presenting yeah. data that yeah. will really fuck shit up yeah <laughs> especially when you want to design frankly, that was so eloquent frankly that's the way you put it well, when you want to design it and make it look good right? right it's like color plays a role right you talk about right? medical yeah. information it's like you use green and red and all of a sudden red's bad and green's good and you're like, oh, no, that's not what but we really. Do. You could be talking about gangrene, and it's getting away from the green. Right. Like it was Christmas. That was our Christmas theme. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting challenge. And so we've uh, uh, myself and Adam Baker, who's our other designer. We have two designers on staff. Um, have like really, really tried to to be as honest as we can with the information that we're sharing with people and showing to people. Uh, and I think there's absolutely room for improvement, but um, I'm pretty happy with what we've put out so far. And I'm, I'm really excited about what we're doing do you, for the future. Do you have like an example of something you've done with data that feels like a very honest representation? Um, yeah, sure. We uh, trying to be trying to be really high level, I think is, um, is is really important it's not only to be honest with the data like it's more it's you can i think you can be a little bit more honest when you take like the most high level like hey these were uh there were 96 males that filled out this survey and there were 30 females that filled out this survey like that's pretty honest like you can't really like that's the data and you're taking it directly you're not like inferring anything from the data you're just like boom this is the data and you can show those like side by side and it's really high level. It doesn't necessarily give you like a lot of insight into, let's say the medication or the side effect that these people were experiencing. Um, but it, it allows you an entry point to find out more, right? So if you're a male, uh, you want to look at what else the males experienced, right? And you, and you already know that, Hey, 
a lot of the males found this like more worth it, for instance, to use an iodine term, like this drug was more worth it than the females found worth it. Uh, but you run into other issues too, right? Like the amount of people that rated this drug, right? Like, so I was just saying like 96 males rated this and 30 females rated this. Well, now all of a sudden you have to do some math in your head. And so we're trying to do things like to not have, you have to do that, but we can't do too much because we want you to have your own interpretation of the data too. Like all of this data is only useful if it apply, like if you can apply it to yourself, like at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't, it's not that it doesn't matter what other people thought about it, but you have to kind of like put it in relationship to yourself, right? Yeah. Like, okay, well, a lot of these women thought this drug wasn't really worth it. Uh, and they were having problems like Ambien is, is, is a good example, I guess. Uh, a lot of women that take Ambien uh, back a, a year or a year and a half ago, uh, they were male and males and females were taking the same dose, right? Based on their, uh, weight or BMI, age, maybe, I don't know. I actually can't remember what it was based on, but basically let's just say they're taking the same dose. Right. And, uh, studies found out later, not, not in the clinical trials, but later that, uh, females, uh, didn't metabolize the, the drug quite as quickly. And so they were experiencing a lot of the effects of Ambien, which is to help you sleep. A lot of people were taking this to help them sleep, right? And so women the next day were like going to work still super drowsy and like falling asleep at the wheel, things like this, like really serious stuff, right? And uh, the FDA and the um, uh, ended up like cutting that dosage in half for women like women just for whatever reason right metabolize the drug a little bit differently and uh there's not a i guess there's not a, a whole lot of like big name drugs like that that where male and females really interact with the drugs like that different but uh for that one like it was a big change and that was kind of found through social experiment like people were just using it and then like going on forums and like oh my gosh i'm still really drowsy in the morning you know women were saying like i'm really drowsy i fell asleep at the wheel like boom, boom, boom. there was like a lot of big stories in the news about it It was crazy and so they ended up like you know having the dose because of that for women uh so things like that we want to try to at iodine like we want to try to show the data so that people can kind of say whoa there's something going on here uh not only can we learn from it and start to report things to the fda things like that but we want people to kind of like make these um hypothesis about the uh, about the drugs and uh make a decision on their own whether it's the best thing for them and if not talk to their doctor you know just inform them a little bit more one of the things I love, which I'd love to hear the story about, is that you guys mm -hmm. use this term worth it because yeah. I could see it being so easy with like a medical drug rating to say like on a scale of 10, what would you rate the effectiveness or something? How did it work? Yeah, yeah. But when you say, was this worth it? Mm -hmm. Like that's how you and I would communicate, right? Like right. If, if you're like, you know, do you take Ambien to sleep? I'm like, yeah, but it has these side effects overall. Yeah, it's probably worth it. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. like how you and I would talk. So how did you guys come up with that language? Yeah, the worth it. So the worth it uh, rating is a combination of the effectiveness of the drug and um, and the hassle. And um, I still think hassle is like a really cool word. It's right? like the like negative it's, side effects. It's the side the effects. Well, and we we explain that on the site, kind of in small type, in case you don't. It costs really know money. What that means, it can be like a giant ass pill. It can be, it can be injections. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But we no, wanted I love like. That we didn't want to have like seven dimensions of is this drug worth it or not? We wanted to have like, here's two things, just fill out these two things and we'll tell you like what other people are saying about it. And I think for the most part, 
it gives a pretty good representation of what people think about the drug. Just saying like, how effective is it? Does it work for you? And people either say yes or no on a scale to one to seven. And uh, is it a hassle? Same scale, one to seven. And um, by doing that, uh, we can get a pretty good representation, like I said, yeah, of it's like, a quick, what people honest overview think of about the drug. Yeah, so those are the only thing, things you yeah. care about. Like, does it work? And like, how much is of a hassle to take? Like, yep. Like Bryn was saying, you know, is the pill huge? Is it, um, does it give me some bad side effects? I mean, those are the really only two dimensions that people care about. Like, Especially are there side when you're effects? Comparing, comparing drugs and like yeah, the side effects might be similar or right. the the benefits might be similar. But when you say, was it worth it? That might be different depending on the, totally. the way you take the medicine. Or yeah. yeah. And we let them break it down, right? We don't just say, hey... 20% of people said this is worth it. We say that in certain places to give them a quick overview, but you can drill down and say, okay, well, why is it only 20% worth it? Like, was it the hassle that was a huge problem? And the effort, because sometimes the efficacy, how effective it was is really high, but the hassle is really high, right? So we want to let you like drill down and see like, well, what are the problems here? I mean, a lot of people, it's funny, like you'll see huge hassle scores on some drugs and I can't think of any um, examples right now, but there's definitely some drugs that are, um, you know, huge high hassles um, because they have a lot of side effects, but they also just work. And so people are like, well, you know, I'm happy to deal with this it like, as like long prednisone. as it works. Yeah. Maybe like a prednisone or even, you know, even my drug, like I have to take my drug. Like I just have to, if I don't take it, I'm going to, your healing factor, I'm going to bleed, like you know? So it's <laughs> even no matter how much of a hassle it is, I'm still going to say it's worth taking, right? It's still like effective. Um, and because uh, it does work, even though I have to, you know, travel with my medicine when I when I travel different places and uh, it used to have to be uh, refrigerated for a long time and now it doesn't have to anymore. So even so I'd probably move my hassle rating down a little bit because it's not as much of a hassle as it used to be, things like that. But uh, I, I think it gives people and it's one of the first things that we show people as well um, outside of like the clinical information of who this is for and how it, how it works and things like that. Uh, it's the first part of uh, like human information that we show them and uh, real life information. And uh, yeah, so far we've gotten like a really, really cool response about it. Everybody's like really psyched to to add their experience to that pool. And uh, I think people take away a lot from that too. Seems like awesome design to me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it took I've, a lot, it took a lot it, of thought. So I, yeah, I know it took, it took a, you a lot of It effort. took a lot of thought for sure from like so many people. Um, I mean, the whole company was involved in like making that kind of happen, that, that score happen, that rating. And uh, we're still thinking of other ways to kind of uh, tweak it to make it a little bit better. But so far, it's like really working well for us. So maybe it doesn't have to be iodine specific, but like what mm. are the big design challenges you see in the medical field, right? Mm. Like that's such a personal, yeah. um, often unpleasant yeah. area of our lives. Yeah. Like what are the design problems that people out there that list, are listening might be interested sure. in working on? Yeah, Um so we talk about this a lot, and this is not something that I, I think we're going to do at iodine, but um, it hits home because I, I had a doctor's visit today, right? Um, and and we all have checkups from time to time. I had a doctor's visit today, and I got a call on the phone, and uh, and and the woman said, "Hey, I'm a nurse at so and so practice, and like I want to get some information from you. We've we've switched to a new <laughs> patient registration system." Great. Awesome. Happens all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'll go through this little, you know, she's like, well, you can do it when you get to the office or we can do it by phone. I was like, great. Just do it by phone. 
walk me through it. So she's asking me, you know, history, family history, you know, what medications are you on? All these really common, simple questions. How much do you weigh? Um, I go through the whole thing and then pounds. I get to the office. <laughs> I'm small. I'm not that small. Pounds. Add a zero to the end and you got it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, no. He's um, small, guys. <laughs> Seriously. Um, but I get to the doctor's office and they're like, hey, we switched our patient portal. <laughs> Could like, you fill out this paperwork? And they've already this. printed out the paperwork for me, right? Okay. Is this something Health Kit's trying to fix? Because I had the same exact thing at my last checkup. It's like... Yeah. I've, Always. Without, like, without I've doubt. I've told this to several doctors. Shouldn't this just be known? Mm-hmm. Like, should this be on right. my... I don't know. And I'm like, this wasn't a new doctor. You know? Oh, I've God. been to this doctor. But they... They switched to a new system. They couldn't convert things, you know. And I'm, I'm talking about user experience here, right? And me as the patient, as the person that has to go see a doctor from one, once in a while, that's a bad user experience, right? It's awful. Yeah. And doctors Especially don't want that. Especially if you're like recounting very personal, yeah, maybe um, sensitive information. Sure, right? sure. You're like, where is this going? You know, who's this person that's calling me? Right. Even um, over the phone too. It's not even taking into consideration where you might be. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah, that's not good. So after I filled that out twice today, um, <laughs> uh, y- yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's an interesting problem. Like uh, the problem is, is that there's all there's all of these different. Um, they're not point of sale systems. They're like consumer, patient consumer systems. I don't know, um, or patient um, record systems. And 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 Blue Button has done a lot. So Blue Button has done a lot to make uh, patient records like open in a way like allow them to be standardized and you can pass them around a little bit more freely now but so we have like these patient records that are all supposed to be like kind of the kind of the same thing but we still have all these unique custom bespoke systems that don't work together well you can't import from one system to another things like that and so you know it's funny the conversation just comes up at iodine a lot like man if there was just like an open source platform for all these doctors to use like it would be so nice if they could just pass information back and forth freely um if they um if they if their systems could be updated via open source rather than like these i don't even know who these companies are that are creating these um these different software but i'm sure they're making a ton of money and they make really terrible software (laughs) Mm -hmm. most medical stuff seems to suck which it's it's nice to have it be friendly because yeah I'm honestly the best way i can think to describe most of it is like clinical it's yeah. cold it's plastic it's sterile it's it's mm-hmm. not something that is comfortable so yeah. when i saw the new version of iodine yeah. like i'd seen some mock-ups in advance there was there was one of the animals that i was really excited about I'm really didn't sad we didn't out. go with the animals. <laughs> I liked it, right? Like we we try all of our drugs on animals first. Oh god! Like, oh god! That got dark. It's, it's a, no, 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 but it's amazing. Like animals play a huge part, like in 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 the drug industry. They make sure things are safe for us. Like it's kind of crazy. There like are, it or not, there it's are the crash truth. dummies. Like sure. it is. It just is the sure. truth. Like uh, we test on animals before we test on humans, and uh, and before we test we on being humans. people outside of this room. Not speaking actually, of which, like, not actually physically. <laughs> there <laughs> are mice with computers attached to their brains now, and that makes me super That's excited. No, it's no, amazing. no. I want that. <laughs> I want to be Lobot. <laughs> that is my life's goal: is to be Lobot. Shut it down. Shut down that mouse. <laughs> pixel fit with my brain <laughs> jesus 
interesting. Anyway, I'm talking a lot about like user experience tonight, not really like design, like visual design. But oh, are you going to draw draw a uh, differentiation there? (laughs) Brian and I were arguing about this last night. Oh no, not arguing. If you thought, if you okay, thought that he was goes, an argument, how how do I describe UX versus UI versus visual versus uh, yeah. like all these like different? He's like throwing out all these titles and he's like trying to draw like a Venn diagram yeah. of how they overlap each other. Yeah. I'm like, just make one circle and call it design and call it good. Okay, <laughs> like, that's no, 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 it. No, 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 no. But here's it's the problem. So okay, now we're disagreeing because if you synthesize user data, if you listen and then form solutions to this problem that's designed. Wow, End of story. that is such a great world you live in where everyone understands that, but the reality <laughs> is that when you work in an organization with people that aren't familiar with design, mm-hmm. there are terms like visual design and product design sure. that either everyone has They're different buzzy. definitions for or they don't even know what it means, right? Like, what right. is UX? Right. Hell, it's like, not a thing. Everyone has a different definition. Some people say it's not a thing, right? Like, so that's what, that's what Bryn and I were talking about last night is like, how do you explain the design process with these different components to people that are not at the level where you could just say, oh, it's just one circle that's to, called design? To me, like, okay, so I went through UX training at Rutgers. And I learned from some cool people. Like, uh, we had one of our professors, her name was Dr. Marilyn Tremaine, and she helped design the mouse at Xerox Park. Ooh, wow. It's insane. Legit. I don't think you can work in design beyond, like, gig poster design or like graphic design where you're working with materials that are not something that people like touch yeah not something people use Mm. it can be something that shows something but it's not something that people like use it's not an interface things like that i don't think you can do interface work without having some user experience as a factor of it even if you're bad at it yeah it has user experience you can't avoid that yeah i agree you and i were we're on the same page the problem is at my, I'm trying to explain these concepts to people that didn't go to Rutgers and study UX. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's worth doing because <laughs> these are the people that we're working with every day. Sure these are the people that are are side by side building products. And if if they're struggling to understand what design is and what where the design process works and like what people's responsibilities are, then you have to somehow clarify that, or at least at least have a shared vocabulary where when you say, "I'm going to design this." You're saying I'm going to solve this problem. You're not saying I'm going to make it look pretty, right? Because that's the very uh, commonplace understanding of design is making it look slap good. a coat of pixel paint on it, right? So I'm trying to just make a common vocabulary where you can say something else. Team one circle. <laughs> I wish you just said team I one circle. Could, I wish it could all be one. Team one circle, hashtag one circle. But <laughs> I got you. Can, can we all just start this trend, hashtag one circle? But the reality is people have different definitions of these things. Yeah, totally. So and I'm trying to, to explain the different parts of it in ways that make sense. So sure. to me, that breaks... You, you say you agree with it, but by explaining the individual parts as these terms, it just propagates the terms further like that that's my perspective on it but there are different parts of it right that's like saying there's like american history versus european history what are you talking about like it, it and <laughs> this is a design <laughs> podcast history, <laughs> history is one big i guess line if you think about it that way um but history is one big overarching group and and you're like nitpicking it seems like okay we can talk about the history of louisville 
no one cares about that on its own. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> Derby City, man. Derby just happened. You know who won the Derby? No. Nope. Do you know who won the Derby? It's California Sunrise, baby. <laughs> I didn't know that, so I'm really glad you knew. All right. <laughs> California Sunrise. Yeah, no, California I don't know. Sunrise. I have no idea. That sounds like a horse's name. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I know, right? A Derby it, winner. I was literally that. off the top of my head. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just don't think it helps. I think that explaining that it, I would okay, rather it doesn't help, but how like can you, everyone okay, that's solving up, problems go up into to, design. Go up to someone that isn't designing every day of their life and say... They are. They design, all are. They just don't know design it Design is just a big circle and I... Do oh, come on. That was, <laughs> design is just a big circle. <laughs> 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 we're on the same page, but the reality is there are different components to it. You really, you really don't think that there's a difference between visual design and interaction design. I don't think there's a worthwhile difference. Wow, this is the most we've this ever is, argued on a podcast. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm here for this right <laughs> now. We, it's because we have our third host here. He finishes our one. <laughs> yeah, can you moderate this, Michael? So, Chime in. Uh, no, this is awesome. So I'm, I'm like, this is. A f- and you I can agree like this with is a me. New discussion. Like, just because Bryn has a stronger personality doesn't mean you have to agree. With <laughs> um. Yeah, I, stronger I, muscles too. Just kidding. Oh, there's definitely. Yeah. <laughs> You're much larger than I am. <laughs> you and I are both. He twins. said with a tear in his eye. <laughs> um, Shut I mean, up! We're both bigger than you are. No, no, no. So all right, <laughs> we'll crush you, man. Get out of here. <laughs> there's definitely a, a, a. I mean, people use words to differentiate these roles, right? Uh, and and rightly so. I mean, there's people that excel at different parts of the design flow, right? There's people that are visual designers that are people that are UX people that like, I, I, I think I put myself in that category more than I would put myself in the, in the visual side, even though it's like, I enjoy doing that sometimes. And I, I can do a decent job, but it's not something like I know I excel at. And I would rather work on the user experience and think through like what the user is actually going through and try to make that process better than making sure the thing looks as pretty as it can look, you know, and that they're drawn in through the visuals. Like I would rather somebody be drawn in by the fact that the feature that I'm building or the product that I'm building solves a problem. The Craigslist something that effect. they yeah, they need to use, right? Yeah, it's the Craig, terribly ugly, but Craigslist it works. is Craigslist is a is a fantastic example. I still Or even Reddit. Which is yeah. but it's interesting cuz I don't use Craigslist. <laughs> and I don't know if it's cuz it's so ugly or I just don't have a need for it. It's probably cuz I don't have a need for Once it. Once you use it, it's surprising how easy it is to use. Yeah, right. Cuz it looks like I shit. mean, it's not difficult. Oh, it it's terrible. just a pile of text. It's gross. Yeah, but it's easy enough. That's fair enough. Not even like well-defined text, not even well-designed no, text. No. It's, There's it's no hierarchy. Just, it's no, just no, all no. over the place. <laughs> but it works. It's very ugly. But it's clear what it does. Sure. And you know what you're there to do. You know, there's something to be said for that. And and there's been thought that went into that for sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's like one way to think about it or, or the other. Uh, I just know that that's something that I've been struggling with too. Like, I, I mean, there's no answer here, but... I've been thinking about like, well, what type of, what type of designer am I? Like, I think a lot of people maybe know what type of designer they are. Like, this is what I am and this is my title. And see, Bryn disagrees. Bryn would just say you're just a designer. Just a designer. Yeah. I would rather say more people are designers than less people. Like a lot of people define themselves as product managers or whatever, which are really just handling Mm -hmm. the process of design. Mm -hmm. I don't think that should be a different thing. I think that's a bullshit title that was used to define a hierarchy at one point and just Mm -hmm. propagated from there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Strong opinions, Jackson. <laughs> I've never been known for that before. <laughs> what about the people? I mean, there's a lot of like engineers that show a lot of like awesome design yep. skills, right? Are yep. they designers? Yep. Uh, are they one or the other? Are they like UX designers? Are they visual designers? Are they engineers and so designers? What I've are they? I've known a lot of developers that have a really great visual skills, right? So wow. Jake Marsh is a good really example. condescending. You know right Jake. Now. We all know Jake. Jake <laughs> Marsh. Jake's great, guy. great visual skills. Yeah, Jake's awesome. He's he's very talented in a design, visually, um, graphical context. You're saying a lot of words. Does he consider himself a designer? He's their designer right now. They didn't hire a new designer. But after is he that. a designer because like he's, he holds the title of designer right now, is, or like he's not, a designer? Now we're getting into the the, the I would the say tabloid title of a unicorn, right? Where you can design and yeah actually build what you're designing yeah no so i think that most designers these days to some degree build what they are designing they're mm, you'd be de- surprised they're defining interact well i'm not get talking about you i get it no get up no I'm just oh. <laughs> oh. sick burn that was um. cold man man just taking the gloves off well, like the a lot of people design in the browser so to speak which is development that's what that ah, is right dude, i think you'd be surprised you say a lot of people, but get outside the valley and it's the opposite. And I, I think even in the valley, like w- when I moved here uh, like a year and a half ago, um, I, I mean, I was always kind of n- like scared to move to Silicon Valley, like Silicon Valley, man, San Francisco. It's like where everything happens. The city. It's the, the city. city. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. I, I was this good old boy from Kentucky. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, Nothing's changed. <laughs> You're a good old boy. <laughs> I'm still a good old boy. Um, yeah, but no, no, no. But like I, I had been building things on my own. Uh, I like started off in HTML and CSS and I had a friend of mine who was like a designer and would design things and I would just build them for him because he didn't take the time to learn HTML and CSS, which he has now. Uh, but in JavaScript and, and, you know, it's gone further. But uh, I was very much like I kind of started out doing front end code and moved into the design world because I really cared about like the user experience. And so once I started diving into that, I was like, well, visuals are a part of that. And so I started learning Photoshop and learning Illustrator and like learning tools like these and started learning about language and how, you know, the buttons that are labeled different things like make a difference. And uh, through that kind of like, uh, you know, fell in love with design and started designing more things and passing them off to people developers that were much smarter than I was but but with the skills that I did have when I moved out here you know being able to do a lot of the front end code myself uh I found out like I, I had no idea. I thought everybody out in San Francisco was like every designer out here for sure could code. They were like designing their own stuff, coding it up, handing it off to the developers just to do the back end work, things like that. But they were doing most of the code themselves and found out right away that that is not the case. Not and I had no idea. I was blown away. I was like, That's wow, crazy. I can, I can hang with these guys. Like I, I have skills that some of these designers don't I've have. I've got skills. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy to me. Yeah. Seriously. It was, yeah. it was literally cause I had heard about the unicorns, right? These designers that could code. And, um, it's, it's actually even in Silicon Valley, it's not, it's not the norm. I, I guess, you know, see, I see better distinction in specializing across media. So mm-hmm. a marketing designer, an illustrator, for example, or, um, like a native designer or a web designer. Those are things I see value in because I I guess that's where I see a lot of clear flaws 
between like from a single person. Like you'll see one company that has a single designer at a time. Their native app is amazing. Their web app sucks. It's terrible. That like, or their their marketing presentation just isn't good enough. These all these all have UX. They have visual presentation, but there there's a like a lack of quality because there's different rules for each thing. That that's where I see the distinction. That's like the kind of people I, I have to hire some people, and I'm like, okay, I need a marketing person. I need a web person because I've been focusing on native for the last two years, and that's native where I kind of live. Yeah. yeah, mobile native specifically. So like iOS, Android specifically. I don't have time to go back and like stay up to date on web or well, yeah, uh, marketing stuff. Like I'm not an natural. illustrator. That's a natural progression, right? Totally. To to hone in on on maybe one area and then spend a couple of years and if you want to move on to something else. But it's not just like one piece of it. It's not like I'm just doing visual design on iOS. It's visual and UX and sure. interaction design, which all fall into like just the same things. Like that's why I get frustrated with it. <laughs> I, I really don't think that they're, they're you and I so diverge interrelated. Too much. I think you you and I don't diverge too much, except for the fact that we we disagree on everything. <laughs> we're, we're just on different teams working. We with disagree. That that have we disagree. Different contexts. Well, my team is eight, and yours is thirty-five. Right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Tell us uh, where people can find you online if they want to reach out and talk to you about uh, iodine design the yeah. medical world anything like that where can they reach you please like contact me too if you have questions about iodine or just interested in healthcare um i'd be really interested to talk to you for sure um but yeah you can find me on twitter at uh just at michael schultz s-c-h-u-l-t-z yeah uh not like the peanuts character creator um i saw someone search for you as s-h-u-l-t-z today charles schultz kidding me He's, from, a, he's an he's icon. from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you can look me up on michaelschultz.com. You can find me at iodine.com. Um, yeah, please. Privatize. Please. Wait, is it PVTZ? <laughs> so is that still alive? We, so we took privatized. down the main site. <laughs> Just last week, we lost the domain by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> I, too much going on. Pri- uh, iodine is a uh, is lot, of, lot of stuff happening, so I kind of... Uh, Accidentally I'd kind of the, forgotten about it entirely. So. Go, we were still paying for everything. We'll get it back up. We had we had like a private GitHub and we had DigitalOcean hosting and everything, and I just completely forgot about it. So we'll get it back up. We're paying for it and eh, whatever. Yeah, we'll get it back up for sure. Um, what you say it's going to go up as pvtz.me? Uh, it'll be privatized.link. Privatized.link. Yeah. Cool. If you want to check it out, if you really want to play with it, because no one else did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. This thanks was, thanks for on. finally amazing, coming amazing. on, Michael Jesus. <laughs> Please, I hope everybody goes to Iodine too. I know, like, we, it was a sporadic where we talked about Go it. Go download the Iodine so app. Much Juicy there. stats. Download the Iodine app. Like, check it out. I mean, everybody, even if you don't need it now, like, you know somebody that has, like, a there medical condition. There are 20,000 of you each week. Just go download his app, please. <laughs> no, Ju- Juicy stats make his, make his uh, bosses super happy and give him more money. No, I want some feedback. I want some feedback. You know, But more know. money, too. <laughs> <laughs> let me know what you think. Seriously, because cool. we are we, we iterate on things so quickly. The Chrome plugin. Yeah, that's right. Now, there's a Translate pr- plugin. If you just search for iodine on the Chrome store, you can find it. Uh, it'll translate like all the medical jargon on every website that you go to, uh, which is pretty helpful. Yep. And it gives you a link back to iodine if it's a drug or something like that that you need some more information about. So check that out, too. It actually... So 
my dog has Addison's disease and I went to a site and That's it started right. like automatically defining stuff for me. <laughs> it was amazing. That is amazing. I forgot you told it's me like, about this that. This is what cortisol is. Yeah, exactly. Like, Great. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do your dog diseases too. <laughs> That's right. It will. Cool. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. It's fun. You made it all the way through. That was Michael Schultz. That was super fun. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have thoughts, comments, suggestions, feedback, Hit us up. We're on Twitter. Convo Breaker. Can we, can we say that? <laughs> Convo Breaker. On Twitter at Design Details FM. You can shoot us a DM if you want to chat privately or just Dungeon Master. Us, and we you will can shoot us a Dungeon Master. Shoot us a Dungeon Master. We will chat with you on Twitter all day long. We love to talk and hear your thoughts. Uh, if you are really enjoying the show, you can also rate us on iTunes. All of those ratings help us so much. It, it moves us up the charts, helps the show reach new people, and it just gets us in a great mood to record new episodes uh, do you want to hear brian sad do you want to hear sad brian do you really want to hurt him you don't do you really that. want to make him cry you don't want that you don't want that <laughs> he's mopey enough as it is anyways so, i uh anyways <laughs> anyways these shows are also possible thanks to the support of companies like icon finder they are providing an amazing resource for designers. It's the largest selection of premium vector icons on the web, more than half a million icons in their library, and they're on pace to add more than 300,000 by the end of the year. It's not Icon Browser, it's Icon Finder. They help you find what you're actually looking for. They have really great products, really great icons, really great artists, and they help you find exactly what you're looking for really, really quickly. It's a really awesome service. We've been playing with it a lot lately. It's fantastic. So if you need icons, use them. That's iconfinder.com and use the promo code ROBOT to tell them we sent you and save 50% off your first month. Thank you again so much to Icon Finder for supporting design details. We'll be back on Wednesday with Nick Slater and Ryan Putnam. <laughs>